Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Next One Up podcast. We are recording this on Wednesday, the day after LeBron broke the all-time scoring record and uh, took that title from Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah, it was honestly it was an incredible moment seeing him pass Kareem in the third quarter last night. And you know, it was even better to see you know Kareem pass that baton to LeBron yeah. at center court. Yeah. It was it was just an incredible moment as a basketball fan. Yeah, it was it was awesome to watch. Um, then the, that like celebration after yes. he made the shot was just so iconic. And then you know his kids there mm-hmm. taking the video of him, which was just so funny. And then I don't know if you saw this, but after the game. Bronny was showing LeBron the video that he took of him and LeBron is like, <laughs> send that to me. <laughs> it's it's incredible to watch like how involved, like from like a family standpoint, he is and yeah. having them there, having like his high school teammates there was a really great um, achievement for him. And it really puts him on like, I mean, people are going to make that mm-hmm. Jordan comparison right now. I'm not going to make it because I don't, I'm not ready to have that conversation. Right. That's for but, time. <laughs> yes. But it is interesting to see what's happening now. Yeah. And, and I will say that part of passing or breaking this record is his longevity. Yeah. Um, and you look at, you know, him being that guy who's been around forever in the sport, Brady, you know, now just recently retired, but I was thinking about this, in terms of, of Brady kind of comparing a bit with LeBron and, mm-hmm. and with Brady, as he's gotten older, the quarterback position can kind of lend itself to adjusting to aging or especially the way like he played the position, not, not super mobile, right. like, make, still being able to make the throws that he was expected to make, those sort of things. But if you look at basketball, you still have to be able to do all the things and LeBron is still mm-hmm. doing all the things. Right. It, it's true. And, and you know, like you see how LeBron's changed, like his preparation for the season mm-hmm. in like the past like decade or so with him pivoting to like a different kind of lifestyle really like exercise focus and you know the diets that he's on I think that that really helps him you know fuel his body as an athlete and leads that longevity right and it's it's you didn't see uh players playing for this long you know even 15 years ago because we didn't have Mm -hmm. the technology we didn't have that science behind you know keeping your body at its uh best and now we do yeah, absolutely. You talked a little bit on that technology piece and like especially look at like injury recovery. Yeah. Like back then, like an ACL tear was like a career ending injury. Now okay, yeah. Yeah. Now you can I mean, you may not be the same if you don't rehab well, but you have a better chance of returning to what you were 100%. after your rehab. Yeah. Yeah. And it's gonna be great to continue watching LeBron play, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like this is it's not not done for him yet. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see. You know what other exciting historic moments he'll bring us in his career. Um, he's already have had you know countless. So I know um, not to not to change this, but there was there's some other interesting developments in the uh, in the NBA this week. Yes. Um, with the news of Kyrie being traded from the Brooklyn Nets over to the Dallas Mavericks, that was a very surprising trade that came through, um, at least in my opinion. Mm-hmm. The, the Mavs weren't on my radar as a sure. team, as a destination for Kyrie. But as we've seen with, you know, reports coming out is that the, they didn't, the Nets did not want to send Kyrie to uh, his preferred destination in Los Angeles. That is correct. Um, yeah. When the news came out, um, you know, it's 
it's a little bit of, wow, we've seen this before in the NBA, these trade requests and these crazy, you know, demands. Kyrie said he wanted a four-year max deal with no stipulations. And this is coming from a guy who hasn't played much. Right, exactly. A guy that should have stipulations in his contract. What do you make of all that? A hundred percent. So a few things. I think that, and, and we'll get into this more in our title topic of just these crazy contracts, these demands, and which has happened recently. But um, I think athletes feel that, that they, based on their talent, that they can make these demands and make these requests and that they will get granted. Because here's the thing, and, and I'm mm-hmm. not saying the Mavs fit this because I, I don't think that they were like desperate perhaps, but desperate teams will go to desperate measures to get players right? Um, and will fulfill these crazy contract demands because they feel like this may like turn their team around or may change their chances. So I feel like because you have seen teams do these things, players feel, well, I can make this request and you know what? I'll probably get it. Right. Well, like, you know, you said best, the Mavs are not going to, I mean, they're not that destination. They're not that city that everybody wants to play for. Um, And they are going to, they are going to have to make and concede these contract terms. Yeah. I would say I wasn't like thinking that, I think you were right. Like that was going to be the place for him. And I don't think mm-hmm. they are, they're like so horrible, but at the same time, like you said, like they have to go out of their way to attract that talent. Right. Um, and also like another thing, it doesn't feel like Kyrie wanted to win. Okay. Like in a way, I mean, he's really, it's the money grab. Cause right. if you wanted to, I don't know, like if, they could they might be able to have obviously a better chance so, now but so i think when you look at it like when Kyrie came to brooklyn i think ulti- like originally he did want to win i don't yeah. know i don't well, i don't know what shifted right and i yeah. also feel like and that's a whole nother subject i actually saw something Absolutely. like they should make a 30 for 30 on and how the the nets team the what if of that nets team Right, right. It's, but you know what? If you go back to like the contract terms here, you he had to find a team that was actually willing to give him that, and I think that the Mavs were willing to take that gamble on him because of the potential mm-hmm. upside. They're right. willing to give him, you know, the money that he wants, and you know, the trade. We still haven't seen that contract though yet. That's ex- that's exactly what I was going to say. Like we yeah. don't know what it's going to be. They could be having conversations right now, but all we know is that that backcourt could be the most deadly backcourt in all of the NBA. Right. Which we'll see in the next, in the coming weeks. He's not going to play with Luca just yet, but it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see how that uh, pans out. For sure. Um, and I-, I do feel like that these like trade requests do come up quite like you just see like players kind of like acting out. Like, I mean, KD did it too. Like he was like that whole thing mm-hmm. in the offseason. He was like, you know, fire Nash or I'm out and you know, right. just these crazy requests. Right, but if we like, if we just take like, if we're looking at the crazy trade requests, can we look at a team that hasn't quite had those crazy Definitely. trade requests? So, like, hundred percent, because you can look at the flip side and and guys yeah. who are like actually committed right. to doing the right thing for their team. Right, and like, let's look. I mean, like, you, you see that players take a pay cut, but we'll, we'll cover that like next. But I really want to focus on a team like the Golden State Warriors that like everyone was talking about with the fact that they. It had a crazy salary cap. It exceeded the salary cap. They were mm-hmm. paying their they're paying their players a ton of money, and there was all this conversation about you know are they actually buying a championship? And then mm-hmm. you get and then you get into the ethics of that. But you have these players that you know you're not going to pay Steph Curry second dollar. You're not going to pay Clay Thompson second dollar. Right. You're going to pay these players. But 
I think that when you look at Golden State, they've had that longevity with their players and that I don't want to say loyalty because it's a little bit different nowadays with loyalty yeah. with teams, but um the players stay and they believe in what the organization right. is doing. I will and I think that's a really good point. Like mm-hmm. it may appear that they did buy their talent, but their mm-hmm. talent stays intact. Right. So you it's not like you're building this dream team for two seasons and trying to make something happen. Mm-hmm. This it's shown that they've been consistently a dominant team and that players want to stay there. So yes, maybe you are spending at first to get them in the door, but then you, you're mm-hmm. working on setting a culture to keep your players there and to keep success going. Exactly. And you can save, hopefully save money on the back end by doing right, that. Because you look at mm-hmm. teams that do it the wrong way, who mm-hmm. try to like acquire all these players and then don't set that culture. And maybe they didn't do all their research. They're putting all these guys that maybe aren't the best chemistry together, trying to make it work, like forcing that, not really Mm -hmm. setting the best culture. And then it falls apart. You just spent all this money. And now you have all these, you know, pieces that are expensive that don't work together. Right. And then on the flip side, how do you feel about players that, you know, they take that pay cuts, they can have that, that consistent team. They really gel together. It's a team mentality. So I think your my mind immediately goes to Tom Brady, who took pay Mm -hmm. cuts for years in New England. So that way he could have the guys he wanted around him. Brady's Mm. a very smart guy, as we all know, not a hot take. Um, (laughs) But he knew that if he took slightly or took less money, then he Mm -hmm. could have all the pieces he needed to win championships. And that's exactly what they did. Right. Because if you look at – sorry to interrupt you. You're good. look at NFL rosters – where is that big chunk of money? Quarterback. quarterback. Yep. And what happens when the quarterback, quarterback gets paid? You cannot pay your other guys. And that is exactly what happened with the Packers this year when Aaron Rodgers took that big contract and they couldn't pay Devontae. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. And Carly, I feel like, I, I feel like I'm having deja vu right now because I feel <laughs> like we've had this conversation because it's, exa- it's exactly what you're saying. When you know Aaron Rodgers wanted this massive contract and then you can't pay your number one guy. And, right. then, he, and then he has to leave and then – you're over here, you know, maybe not having as great of a season, which we right. know. Exactly. And <laughs> and I, I feel like Aaron Rodgers had to know, like, he's not a dumb guy either. Like, right. he had to know when he was making that request for that money mm-hmm. that that was not leaving enough money on the table for his number one receiver. Right. Ex- but then you also get into the conversation where you're like, well, does, do you then pivot to, you know, you want to win or are you money focused? Like we were talking about earlier with the Kyrie conversation. Mm-hmm. Like where are your <laughs> values? And then mm-hmm. that kind of leads us into it's not uncommon anymore for players to finish their careers with another organization because right. of what they can get paid. Yeah, exactly. I think at some point you as a person have to decide that for yeah. yourself. I mean, I've, I've, I've never been that in that position, but um, for these athletes, it's, it could make or break the rest of like their lives and their families' lives. Yeah. And like mm-hmm. the per the player that I immediately think of in terms of like mm-hmm. moving for the money grab is Darrell Rebus. He uh-huh. was actually referred to like as like a mercenary, like a hired soldier, if you will, at mm-hmm. times in his career. Because so you start he was incredible with the Jets, and that's how you remember him as a Jet. Right. But then he went to the Bucks, the Patriots, he went back to the Jets, and he finished his career with the Chiefs. And right. if you recall, that Patriots contract was pretty big. And that was when people were kind of thinking, like, he's this paid mercenary. He's going to, like, the rival of the team that, like, people know him 
to be yeah. like as and that's mm. but but he got a lot of money because he was a very valuable corner and he mm-hmm. didn't really have that team loyalty right. at that point and and went after the money right i think that it's an interesting question for us and also for our listeners out there at some point do you start requiring people to pay more for your skills we 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 do that in our you know when we're looking at jobs right but so that, do, do the players also have a right to do that so i think that there is somewhat of that i mean okay. um well let's start by beginning there's like a base salary in different leagues so yeah um and also depending on like where you get picked in the draft mm-hmm. you get paid more so you draw more because of like your yeah. value there and then mm-hmm. i would definitely say like there is like a level so like when you do like look into negotiations um you'll look at like where this like let's say like you're a guy becomes a free agent and you want to sign him. Yeah. And I'll speak specifically on football because that's where my knowledge is mostly. But, like, you look where he's ranked amongst, like, other players in that position. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can kind of, like, negotiate from there. And, like, right. where his skills are based on that. And it's also interesting as well. Um, certain positions draw more cash, of course, which we see. Yeah. And it's actually interesting. And this is something that um, – not to get too into detail, but we had to do when I was working with the Bucks. Um, we we were doing some contact contract negotiations mm-hmm. um, for some of our well outside linebackers because they were outside linebackers in our defense, but on other defenses they might have been DNs. Gotcha. And they draw different amounts of money. Right. So in order to negotiate properly, you have to determine, well, is this guy truly an outside linebacker or truly a DN because they'll draw different types of money. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way to do that, we were actually breaking down tape. How many times is the guy putting his hand in the dirt versus standing up? If you're putting, oh, your, wow. hand, if you're putting your hand in the dirt, you're considered mm-hmm. more of a DN. If you're standing up, you're considered more of an outside linebacker. Wow. That's actually great insight for, for everyone to hear. Yeah. So like it really even gets into like the nitty gritty of it, but mm-hmm. all of that does go into consideration. Right down to just how many snaps they're taking in the dirt. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we can really get, get into that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's crazy to like give everybody that's listening that, that insider knowledge. And I think that's great for everyone. to know because I, I had no idea. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it's something that like, I didn't even think about until mm-hmm. I was doing it. Right. Um, and it's so interesting that all those things go into sal- uh, contract negotiations, salary negotiations and, and clauses and this and that, you know, they're very complicated contracts. Yeah. Especially when you get into like the monster contracts. And if you also like, like leaving football right now, mm-hmm. we want to look at baseball where, you know, there's no salary cap and the yeah. stars, the stars are going to go to that, that highest bidder. A hundred percent. And it's actually very funny. Like this is currently happening right now. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people are looking at the Mets cause Steve Cohen is on a spending spree. Right. Um, and he actually said a quote the other day um, and I'll, I'll paraphrase. I don't remember it exactly, but he was saying something like, well, I'm just doing my thing. It's on, it's on the other owners if they don't want to spend their money. <laughs> he was like, I'm doing me. I'm there you go. Time. And I was like, okay, uncle Steve, like you have a point. <laughs> Yeah, but there, but there's nothing that says he can't do that. So there you right. go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and you know there is that. Well, you're just buying your talent, but that's right. it's, it's fair game, and and that's how baseball. Honestly, that's how you're successful in baseball. Like, mm-hmm. if you look at those teams that have, been, I mean, the Yankees, the Astros, the Dodgers. I will say, like the exception sometimes is like the Rays. Like the Rays were in the World Series a couple of years ago, and credit to them because that's all scouting. Like they don't have a big, they don't spend a lot of money. They can't like, that's 
all mm-hmm. like their scouting and that's great on them except the problem is with those teams well you just scouted a great guy and now he's going to get scooped up by a big market team that can pay in a lot of money when i think of contrast again limited in baseball knowledge so again lean on you mm-hmm. for all for for things like this when you think of like a crazy contract in baseball what do you first think of because i think of bobby vanilla and yes. every every year we get a reminder <laughs> Yes, it is one of the craziest and most insane contracts in all of sports history. So for those who don't know, the New York Mets agreed to a contract with Bobby Benilla that when Benilla was released following the 1999 season, that every July 1st, he would receive $1.19 million, and that is through 2035. That is just crazy. I mean, he really did it right. And now that July 1st every year is now known as Bobby Vanilla Day, <laughs> which is absolutely crazy. Like, this man did it right. It's a great business choice. Honestly, yeah. Like, did it right. I mean, that is, like, an insane contract. Some other ones that I think about, yeah. uh, a big one was, like, in 2019, Manny Machado, the Padres paid him 10 years, $300 million. And these now deals are – these deals are over $300 million for, right. like, 10 years, 12 years. That is just an insane mm-hmm. amount of money. I remember kind of that, like, first big deal that, like, really stuck out to me was when Robinson Cano went to the Mariners for 10 years, $240 million in 2013. Right, um, right. I mean – you're just talking insane money, and it's yeah. these big market teams that can do it. These mm. players draw this. I mean, it's wild. And then the the one this year, of course, that we talked about, um, and that mm. Aaron Judge. Yes. Um, so you know the An- Yankees made him an offer before the season. He mm. said no. He bet on himself. Had maybe the most incredible season he'll ever have of his career. Yep. Um, with that you know, insane home run record. And yep. He drew nine years, $360 million. Yeah. It was the Aaron judge sweepstakes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which, which is crazy, which is just like crazy as well. And then we could even go into that with contracts, you know, turning it down athletes betting on themselves to bring more money from the marketplace. Right. I, I mean, I think we're seeing that right now when you look at like we have with Lamar Jackson this past year for sure. Um, and the current contract negotiations that he's going through right now with the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. It, you're betting on yourself and mm, unfortunately sometimes it doesn't work out. Um, but Right. <laughs> and I, I think for, it's a weird situation for him, especially because it's always difficult when you're in a contract negotiations and you're coming off an injury. Right. Because it's, I think teams are, it, it's a hard situation for you to be in, but also teams to be in because teams are a little bit worried about how you're going to return from that injury, right. but they have to ink you before knowing that. And that's something the Dallas Cowboys did with Dak. They right. inked him before they knew how he was going to come back from that ankle injury. Right. But I also think something that's important here is if you look at, you know, uh, Lamar being his own agent yeah, um, and not having somebody represent him who can have those hard conversations with uh, those at the uh, Ravens organization that are making those decisions. Yeah. Versus someone like Dak, who, you know, he has the agent, he has the, the representation. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's harder to have certain discussions with your star quarterback, I can imagine. Yeah, I think that's, like, a very interesting point. And I think it will be – I'm curious to see, like, how that might pan out differently. Like, we look at how Dak, Dax was handled. We could look at how Lamar Jackson's will be handled. And right. if there will be a difference there and, you know, if there's mm-hmm. something to – 
being your own agent. Yeah. Um, I know Jacoby Brissett, like, did a good job for himself as a backup. He made some good money. Yes. I was like, go go off, Jacoby, being your own agent. Um, But I think it's rare for someone, like, a starting quarterback as big as Lamar to represent himself. Right. But you also wonder, like, if somebody like that is negotiating that contract, maybe they would have caught something like Kyler Murray's tape. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. (laughs) I am so glad you brought that up. Um, So for those who don't recall, Kyler Murray signed an extension last year for, I think, way too much money for what he's worth. But they didn't really have a choice. He kind of put them in a corner because he was like, well, who else are you going to start? And that's very true. Um, Mm. And they put this weird clause in his contract that he had – he. It was like study hall. It was like a mandatory yes. amount of study, like time for yes. studying tape. It's like when you're in school and you have to go to study hall for a certain amount of hours. That's what they did for tape in his contract. Yes. Which I think is crazy. They ended up taking it away because I think it was just like, it was well, a point of so much like talk. <laughs> yes. It was a point of so much talk. And the fact that like, I mean, granted, there was so much chatter going on around that time. Um, best thing I heard about that was Kyler Murray was like, oh, I didn't even know that was in there. And I'm like, oh, I don't know what's worse. The fact that it was in there or the fact that you did you not know. know. Um, but speaking of that clause, it's just maybe it should have stayed. Maybe. It's Controversial opinion. Right after <laughs> the way the season panned out. Yes. But, but who knows? Um, but there, I was actually like doing some research before this episode. Yeah. I was thinking about like there's got to be like some contracts with like some bizarre oh, clauses in them. And I saw some really funny ones. So I'm going to share those. So the first one, I'd like to just say that this baseball player's name was Raleigh Fingers, um, which is like <laughs> an elite baseball name. Like, let's just say that for a second. And the, the, clause was the mustache addendum so first of all raleigh fingers and the mustache addendum this was just elite baseball clause come on so this was with the oakland athletics in 1973 so this player built in this contract extension um basically um fingers the player had won an in-club mustache competition nice so it declared that for the duration of his one-year deal he would be supplied with the finest mustache wax money could buy oh look at them saving the mustache clause saving him money i like i it. wonder <laughs> if like he had like to keep the mustache like totally grown you know and like kept to keep the money to keep the the mustache wax coming maybe yeah we'll have to look into that more (laughs) yes the next one i saw was a soccer um contract okay um and in this soccer contract this player was known for his love of outer space and the the team knew about that and they were really concerned that the player he played for the premier league um was going to leave the planet (laughs) and go to space (laughs) So in his contract, they said that he must remain on Earth as long as he's with the team. <laughs> Boots crazy. on the ground. You yeah. cannot lift off the Earth. That is really crazy. Like they were, that he was that obsessed with space that they were they really that concerned that he would leave. 
I don't I, I don't even think that like just like casual pedestrian space travel was a thing back then either. So that's just that's just even more fascinating. Like that's just wild. Um <laughs> and then the third one, MLB pitcher Roy Oswalt, his dream was to own a bulldozer, which I think is like a really weird dream. Like you've made the MLB but I, you, your dream is to have a bulldozer. Okay. I have I have questions and concerns. Right. So in his contract it was drawn up that if he won game six of the NLCS, he would get a bulldozer. And he did. And he got a bulldozer. Do we ever know what he did with the bulldozer? No. That's a good question. Maybe he just, like, drove it around. Oh. This is now a mystery podcast. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, it truly is, because now we don't know. I've, um, left, I've left Carly speechless, everybody. It's yes. a miraculous thing. It never happens. This is so true. I actually don't have anything to say about that because I don't Somebody know what you write did it. with it. I do want to say when you – I actually highly suggest people um, – oh, wow, this is hysterical. If you Google an image – people, everyone go on your Google right now and Google Roy Oswald bulldozer and there's a picture of him mm-hmm. at a podium in front of the bulldozer. This thing is, is gigantic. That's incredible. Oh, my God. And he's like, it's like that he's this press conference, like announcing the uh, bulldozer. Wow. That is something. Anyway. Okay. So, <laughs> so there are some wild contact, contract clauses out there if you didn't know about it. But essentially, professional sports contracts can be wild. They can have insane requests. They can be tons and tons of money, and now we even see they can have some of the strangest clauses. Exactly, and you know what? We learn more every single day about this. We do, and at the end of the day, it's about the money. Show me the money. Show me the money. Show me the money. And that is it from us. You guys know where to find us. Next one up pod at gmail.com. Next one up podcast on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. And we will see you guys next week. See you guys.